Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nick, the Sultan of Still Sutherland from MindFit. Nico, how are you today, mate? You're, for those just listening, Nick's just in bed and he's committed to spending the whole day in bed today. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's a challenge. It's uh, It sounds easy, but um, it's going to be a challenge. So I, I think I'm up for it, though. Yeah. No, it's, I don't I'm, think it's I'm, easy. No, no. It's, um, I'm, How are you going to get so food and stuff? Well, this is this is the challenge. <laughs> this is the question. This is uh, So I've got a balcony here. I can order Uber Eats and just get them to toss Subway through the door. Imagine so if it landed balcony. and it was just out of reach from the bed. You've got like a stick trying to fish it in. <laughs> or, you, or, or you get Daisy, your dog, to go and get her, and then she just eats it in front of you. <laughs> that happened once. No. That happened once. I had a mate over. Sorry, it's going for the tangent here. But um, Disco, my beautiful puppy, God rest his soul, we were, um, I had a mate over, and there was a fancy, where I used to live, fancy Italian pizza joint. My mate's like, we've got to you know, go here, bloody best pizzas in the southeast. So we, we order these this beautiful, you know, Italian-style pizza and everything because I'd always give Disco the, the crust. He loved it. He'd just sit there next to it for the crust. And I was trying to, you know, we're about first slicing, me and my mate, and um, the, the the kind of pizza box is on the coffee table and Disco's sitting there and I'm like trying to show off to my mate, showing him tricks he can do to get a bit of crust. And I'm like, oh, Disco, shake my hand. And he went to shake my hand and the pizza box was hanging just off the edge of the coffee table and he slapped it so the pizza box flipped upside down on the floor and then just ate the rest of the pizza in front of us. And we're both like, yeah, he meant that. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon, you should feel honoured that you, you've turned up for one of Ryan's stories today. We haven't had yeah, one right. for a while, listeners. Is it a monumental thing, is it? That was a short one. Ryan's tangents, we're going to call them. Means uh, I'm up and about just, today. It, it's it good. does. I mean, he's fired up, so it's going to be a beauty, listeners. So yeah, I've just uh, I've I've been you know working quite hard, and I'm just want a bit of a rest while productive day. So beautiful, mate. Well, we can start off being productive by introducing our fantastic guest today. You can. Uh, Shannon Connell from um, Holistic Hikes. Welcome to the Workbooks Podcast. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm, you know, I say this every episode where we have a guest, and but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. But I, um, you know, I am excited to have you on because our businesses um, are doing a collaborative sort of weekend. We're going to we're coming joining forces, coming together to to run a mindful men's weekend retreat just for blokes and has, you know, we we've spoken about this on the podcast. Is it possible for blokes to hang out in a healthy way without beer and toxic masculinity and all that sort of stuff? So Shannon and I are putting on a weekend. We've had to reschedule it. It was on Father's Day, but we've had to do the lockdown. So we're we're coming at it again strong in December. But um Shannon, what's your business, Holistic Hikes? Do you tell tell us a bit about what's going on there? I'll give the the uh, try not to simplify it too much, but Holistic Hikes. So uh, obviously, we have a hiking component to the to the business, uh, which uh, carries on day hikes, half day hikes, uh, multi day hikes, um, men's weekends like we're doing. Uh, as far as workshopping, uh, we also incorporate uh, yoga and hiking days as well. Uh, the holistic side of it uh, encompasses nutrition, um, mindfulness, general health uh, overall, which affects your whole entire life. And we pack all that into wrapping it up on the day, being mindful, present during the hiking scenario instead of trying to go from, you know, just point A to point B, enjoying nature, which is amazing in itself. It's, it's already perfect. We can't improve that. But what we do try to add to it is uh, bring that mindfulness, the presence, uh, awakening the senses and, uh, and getting everyone grounded and, and really enjoying it and coming out of that hike well and truly more refreshed and uh, more at ease and calm uh, than they, what, what they may have uh, just going for a walk themselves. It's a great point you raise there, mate. And, and uh, you know, said going going from point A to point B. And Hass, I think we've spoken about this before. I went, I went on a walk with M once. And instead of going six kilometres, you know, to a 6K walk, we only did a 3K walk. It took us exact 
same amount of time, but we went really slowly and we stopped and actually looked at a trunk of a tree and saw the moss on it and saw the little critters crawling around and saw some fungi and saw all this, you know, and so we actually immersed ourselves in the experience on a deeper level. And we've spoken about the, the, the my octopus teacher um, documentary, right. you know, he just went to the one spot over and over and um, compared to just, you know, racing from here to there and just skipping over everything and just not being oblivious to all the, uh, all the amazingness around us. So it's it's awesome that there's a, a company out there that a is aware that we can do that and is helping people to to achieve that and experience that. It makes me think of um, even you know when I was in in Thailand and we were getting around on the scooters as opposed to being in a car <laughs> and everything here. I thought there was a frog ninja story coming up here, but okay. <laughs> Nick, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um. But even that, that's not, it's not walking, but it's like it's slowing down and you're kind of more connected to the environment. I remember on pretty much every trip, I might have Tommy on the little baby seat in front. And yeah, if we saw this giant, like cool tree or something, we'd like go off the road up on the dirt next to the tree, touch it, you know, much more connected. I also have a really close friend, um, shout out to Milos, who the last probably year or year or two, he's got really into uh, bike riding, like um, mountain bike riding. And, you know, he's lived in the southeast of Melbourne for, you know, 30 years or so. But he said, mate, it's like I've rediscovered the environment that I've spent my life in. It's just this different experience when you're on a bike and you're more connected to the environment around you. Yeah, it's much the same. Yeah, the pace is is, is like that. And the bike trails all the way through, you know, northern Victoria are, are amazing. You know, I was, I was lucky enough to be asked by a friend to do a really big bike ride through a lot of that uh, 400 kilometres over a, a few days. We'll try to do it as quick as you can, but... Uh, the, the scenery that you see that you would never go down a dirt road that was just a cut off to another forest and you know the little dirt track and and struggling through some of it and but slowing down as well as you get super present and and coming back to that motorbike riding you know one of my favorite things that I used to do when I was younger was motorbike riding but it was uh, you become way more present when you're on a bike purely because I think you need to focus more uh, so it takes you straight out of your head and into what you're actually doing right then and there. One, because there's slightly more dangers, but two, you're, you know, you're exposed. Uh, and so you do see things a lot more. So I 100% agree with, you know, those, those increment levels of uh, focus and the things that you get to see. It's, it's you're, also, you're also not going where you're looking. You, you're not looking at where you're going. You're looking at where you are, I think, when, you, when, you, when you're slowing down. You know, you put one foot in front of the other and, it's um, I had the same thing when I was living in Thailand. Has it was you know I purposely didn't get a hire a car or get a, a motorbike or a scooter. I, I bought a push bike or I walked, and because I just really wanted to take my time and and you know incorporate a bit of physical activity into my daily routine as well. Um, but what a beautiful little line you just said there, Nick. Like that's not not looking at where we're going, but looking at where we are. Hmm. Oh, I'm 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 woke as fuck today. I'm, you're you're I'm present so in that bed. bed. You're so present am, in that bed. I am present in this bed. Hey, Sham, we got uh, some potentially exciting news um, that uh, Mindfit might have a property up near Agnes Water in Queensland. So we might um, we got, might have forty acres up there. So uh, might be running some retreats up there and. Hiking around the the hinterlands just uh, off the Great Barrier Reef there. Oh, amazing! What a great opportunity. Nick wants to just uh, go that there's a little there's a little hill on the property, and Nick wants to hike up there and put his flag in it and call it. What the is it? I've, flag. Changed the, I've changed the name of it. Has I realised there was a bit of ego involved when we spoke? A about bit this Mount place. Nicholas, just a little bit of <laughs> a ego. Bit of ego a, a bit of ego involved. <laughs> um, and I've, I've I've slept on it. I've slept on it. I've uh, you know I was a bit excited. Was this is what Mount King Nick now. <laughs> Mount Lord Nicholas. I'm going to become a Lord of Nicholasville. No, it's it's going to be Mount Mindfit. So it'll be <laughs> Mount Mindfit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we'll okay. put the Mindfit flag. flag up there and yeah. wave that around. And yeah, so we'll have to I love explore it. getting holistic hikes up there and getting some people together and a good crew and cruising around and checking things out. Looks like a beautiful spot up there. Shannon, what, what, how long have you been doing um, holistic hikes and what kind of led you down that path of starting the business? Great question. So, so uh, me and my wife, Amanda, um, basically 
together, going on a few adventures, always, you know, outdoors, pretty active people. Um, and it was kind of one one thing led to another, just the activity and then just the, uh, the want to explore together and, and see a lot more uh, of our state and our country and travel. Um, and so we started off with our first hike on the Great Ocean Road. Um, pretty keen and uh, probably overconfident on what we were going for as far as the, the impacts of a heavy bag and uh, knee joints go so you know it doesn't matter how much you can squat uh, those impacts over three days actually can take its toll so how heavy would those bags be just an estimate ours were, they used to be there they used to be heavier so we've gotten wiser and smarter and all our gear choices are really honed down into what you uh what you need not what you want uh going into the packs because you don't want to carry that excess it really, helps you to, to pra- it really helps you to practice minimalism, doesn't it? It does, huh? absolutely. So, you know, food and water are the two things you care about and, you know, it's some sort of comfort at the end of the day. But if that's just a shelter, then that's just a shelter on, on the multi-night hikes. We had the same thing in the Army. It was, you know, 25 kilo packs plus rifle plus webbing plus ammunition plus water and when you first turn up to the army you're like oh look at all this cool stuff i'm going to put heaps of heaps of packs and heaps of pouches on and i'm going to fill them all up and you get 10k into you and you're like fuck this especially <laughs> Dar- darwin darwin heat and you're just trying to strip it all off and you learn very quickly yeah very less quickly is, less is more less is more <laughs> Yeah, less is more. So we started on this Great Ocean Road hike, and uh, you know, tore through, and the and the the hundred kilometres approximately over the over the hike, and there's the, the camping locations, and they kind of recommend between ten and fifteen k's between each of these campsites. Um, so normally it's done if you do the whole thing, it's done over seven days. We decided that we'd do it in two and a half. Jesus. Um, and so. <laughs> And so we uh, have, have you have you seen my octopus teacher? Have you seen you know just just experiencing? Slow? It sounds it sounds like you. you, you this made is a all decade this... ago, so we've come a long yeah, way. Since it that. sounds <laughs> like you made. You made so it's, it was a good shape. benchmark <laughs> for our uh, yeah, overconfidence on that. But we got it done, and, and we 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 did enjoy it, and we we got a lot of great stories from it. But yeah, so we had the big first day. Um, we got to our first organised camp uh, way too earlier than what we thought we would. So we decided to press on to the next camp, which you know, adds on you know, between another, I think it was about 14 and a half Ks to the next campsite. Um, we ended up arriving at dark, having to do a river crossing because we didn't uh, check the tide times and, and the uh, high tide was coming in. Uh, ended up facing a whole bunch of pregnant cows on one of the uh, dairy farms you've got to cut up to one of the, the campsites. So we're scaling up a wall instead of a path. Um, got to the campsite that we didn't book and uh, there was no campsites left. So we ended up sleeping on top of the hill, roaring oceans, which was amazing. So we had our own spot and it was uh, it was one of the most beautiful sunrises and, and sunsets, you know, ever. So it was well and truly worth it. It was it was difficult. Smashed out the next uh, next day, which was about 45 uh, pa- kilometres. Pa- pause there for a second, mate, because I'm just curious. That, that adversity is, is character revealing. Right, uh, and it's going to reveal the character of not just the people, but the relationship that the two people are creating. So, so what was revealed to you both in in those moments of darkness and wet, and when things weren't going your way? Did, did you know what the, the 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 relationship was tested? What 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 came out of it? I, I think the, uh, the the relationship was was pretty good. Um, I think at the at the river crossing, we we're having a laugh, you know, pulling all our gear off, going through it at high tide. Obviously, still a little bit worried. Didn't know where camp was. It was getting dark, so we, you know, had this, you know, this inside sort of feeling. But we were there supporting each other all the way through that. Um, getting to the end, setting up the tent. A little bit of frustration, but when you know people setting up tents, it's never any, uh, it's never any fun. There's, a, there's always that saying. Well, sorry, Ryan, sorry, Ryan's sorry, been what doing I said. Flat packing at the moment. Yep, oh, and then oh. uh, and we were just hungry too. So it was all about the uh, the hangry at the end of it after the tent was set up, and uh, and then I think this we just chose beauty, the like first this. night. So there's a bit of hangriness. That, there's a bit of hangriness. There's a bit of anxiety, the uncertainty, the unknown. It's dark. The time pressure. So all the this is this is it's a beautiful mental exercise. It's like the pressure starts getting put on, and that's when it starts revealing. You know, when we're shaken, what comes out of us, and and so it's a it's it's a beautiful thing to experience, I reckon. 
it and is, the, yeah, the image yeah, that I had as well, tell me if I'm right here, Shannon, but when you said I had to face a bunch of pregnant cows, I imagine there was like a fence and these pregnant cows were like, thou shall not pass. And you had to like fight a whole series of them to get past. Not quite. No, no. Okay. Uh, uh, in my in my head, they were like, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you weren't. There's like all these pregnant cows. Like, we're from the ghetto, are they? With sass. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Sassy pregnant cows. Sassy cows. No. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, not quite. No, there was a there was a there was a normal normal farm pathway with a farm gate, and there was a steep hill, <clears throat> level ground, size of a car, you know, and then straight back down again. So we had to climb up up the side of the mountain, of the hill, around the outside, behind the cows, and then uh, come through. There was probably fifteen twenty oh. on a skinny little road, uh, and so it was uh, it was still I, a little like worry. But I it like was, mine and I like mine and Ryan's version better. Yeah, I'm running with that. I'm running with that. Yeah. We'll edit your bit out and we'll just run out with yeah. sassy cows. And, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thou shalt not pass sassy cows. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shannon, it sounds like, you know, you obviously did this first hike, maybe bit off a little bit more than you can chew, but you, you made it through. And that oh, it sounds... He hasn't gotten to day two yet, has oh, he? Oh, Jesus. Because so, right. I interrupted. So, he, he, you knocked over day one, you set up camp, you had beautiful ocean, beautiful sunsets sunrise. and everything. And yep. had, yeah, sunrise, how'd you go the next day? So we, we packed up nice and early, you know, beat the sunrise, uh, took off for another walk, uh, walk to the section where we're going to have breakfast, which was called Milanesa Beach. And so when we come down into this valley, probably about an hour away from where we camped, there was this, this valley running in away from the ocean. It, it really peeled right up and you couldn't go any further. And we saw this little cabin just up at the end and it was it was just a beautiful sight this stream running through this beautiful grassy land two hill landscape on the other side that opened up to the beach and so we sat there and had our breakfast and you know oats never taste so good uh when you're hiking and carrying pack food just just grabs it you grab every bit of flavor uh when when you're eating out and camping you really couldn't care what you eat uh, as long as you've got something but we had this breakfast and this coffee in the morning and it just lit us back up again because it was just one of those most beautiful spots where we were completely on our own um and we were just soaking it in so you know that sort of spurred us on for the next day and, and this day was going to be a bit of a hard climb there's a lot more elevation that we had to do a lot more up and down leading into the uh into the forest a bit further uh and so we we just trudged through that day just trying to make our time you know we were not slow. We were, we were trying to go as quick as we could, maintain a pace uh, to obviously hit our benchmarks that we were getting to camp. Uh, but even then through that day, we, we we had our legs under us and we were steadfast and we sort of took that day on. Uh, and that was that was a great one. The day was was tough, but we were sort of warmed up for it. The last day was the, the real challenge as we come back out to the 12 Apostles where our knees and our hips and our our bodies had just sort of started to give up on us a little bit, sort of, you know, a couple of hours in, you know, the food wasn't doing what it should be. And we started to crab walk and uh, walk sideways. And I think Amanda <laughs> lost two toenails uh, oh, shit. at the end of it. And my knee started to play up a little bit on me. Not that I have any knee issues really, but it just didn't like it. And uh, so we sort of hobbled out sideways like a bunch of crabs to the 12 apostles to meet where our car was. And, and, uh, and we were very happy at that moment, that's for sure. And uh, happy with the achievement as well. It was, uh, you know, once it's all done, the pain's gone and the memory remains. Uh, and- I, I, love it. I love the stories where, you know, there is that adversity, there's a trial and tribulation and, and they leave the deepest imprints, I reckon. They leave, leave you know, our minds are, are drawn most back to them if that was if that was just a really pleasant hike and there was no issues there was no pain there was no discomfort there was no nothing i know you you probably wouldn't even be talking about it wouldn't even pop up in the memory bank but because of the you know the depth of it and the struggle and this and that it's just a it's a it's a makes a great story it it felt like you were back there when you were describing it shannon the the sunset and the sunrise the roaring of the ocean the oats and the coffee um because that's the thing like we've we've you know had coffee fucking thousand times in our life but like that one stands out probably so much over the rest because of the adversity you went through the location you're in it's amazing yeah it does yeah and and uh and it's it's one of those ones you uh really love the fact that once you learn that that adversity is is really good for you and will cement a memory even greater you walk into those moments you know willingly and uh and you put yourself in front of them which is you know again this is part of where holistic hikes 
wrapping around, I guess, to the question is it started on that on that moment between just adventuring ourselves and continually pursuing that, uh, which that trip turned into a trip to Nepal for a month, uh, hiking the Annapurnas and, and going back through Vietnam and then just yeah, journey after journey after that, any hike we could get our hands on uh, and any any little trip, any little location that we could find, finding the the deeper places on the peninsula that we never even knew were about um in our backyard like your friend said riding that bike um you know just searching and hunting for all those locations and and those memories so that's really really where it started was just uh in a love for it ourselves uh, and our experience has come from that over the last decade you know all the wrongs that we there are all the wrongs that we succeeded in uh doing is it is it a lived experience um a hiking guide it's uh, we're, we're lived experience mental health practitioners and you've got that that lived experience and i'll talk to clients about you know i've i've learned what to do but i've i've also learned what not to do and i think that's where the most value lies and and that's why you know the, the motto of the mindfit program is discomfort precedes success and and that uh, that coffee, you know, it could be the best coffee in the world. It's no difference, or it's probably, you know, a, a lower quality coffee than you could get, but it tasted so much better because it was earned, and it was, you know, the the what you had to get through to get there made it so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very big on uh, earning, earning those treats, earning those rewards, uh, and having them there for yourself because you know. There's no point going through uh, the, the hardship and or the, the challenges without having something there, you know, for you to enjoy without, without guilt. And yeah. it sounds like a balanced life. It's like, you know, you, you can have your cake and eat it too, has it? but you've got to earn the cake. It's, um, you, you know, we can all have a beer, we can all have a hamburger, we can all have, you know, whatever, some popcorn and stuff. But if you if you just consume it and have it, then it's it's... I don't know it's it's it becomes bland and it loses all value. Yep. It does. It, it does. That's a good word, Hask. Yeah. Word. I was thinking about like we've been. It's like we were on a mental and emotional hike in our life, you know. And mm. there was great adversity there. You know, at one point you couldn't open your front door. At one point, I was a drug addict in a jail cell. But like we got to the end of our kind of journey, our hike, and went, oh. It's worth it. <laughs> it's yeah. worth it if you persist. And it's like, let's now, I want other people to come on that journey as well. And, you know, that's that's the beauty of lived experience, I think, in any area. It's like, hey, the journey's worth it. This is what's on the other side. Let me try and show you, you know, based on my experience and what I've done, like I said, Shannon, done wrong a lot of the time, how to um, make that hike, you know, worth it in the end. And you probably wouldn't change it at all, even though, you know, oh, it was wrong. No. Even though it was wrong, you know, you talk about the well, it's, it's like, su- It sucks oh. at the time, but it feels so much better afterwards. When you, when you, when you find and then take the value out of the experience, if you, and, and this is where the, the mental aspect comes into it. Um, and I was, I was asking you know, what was revealed to you in those times of adversity, because if you've got a very destructive mindset and you just whinge and bitch and complain and I hate it and that was fucked and oh, I never want to do that again, like there's, 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 there's no growth in that mindset where if you can actually change that mindset to, to learn and understand that, all right, this is really uncomfortable. There's a lot of adversity here, but I'm going to become a better person for having been through this experience um then it just opens everything up and all of a sudden you you do you come out feeling more self-worth and self-confidence and self-belief and all these really important intrinsic parts of us um and so it's it's great that there's a there's sort of company out there that's helping people to to build that just through experience you know you're, you're putting this into practice yeah shannon what, what have you were speaking about you know that first hike on what it revealed in you what have you noticed taking other people on these these hikes now and, you know, maybe even more leaning towards the men's side because it's white blokes. Um, what have you noticed in men on these hikes? You know, maybe <clears throat> what, what, it's, what it's brought out in them, what qualities, um, what maybe adversities it's brought up for them? I'd love to know. Yeah, so uh, probably one of the last ones, obviously during because of the lockdowns and things like that, we had um, a group hike and I had this, this well, I had this, two older blokes um, go to the Wilson's Prom Lighthouse. And he, obviously he wasn't confident in getting there himself. I think he was 68 of his age and uh, and he brought his son along with him and he'd never done this, this lighthouse trip. Uh, and so the, the trip into the lighthouse is 20, 22 kilometres and then I had a, a 
diversion down to the southernmost point, which added another four kilometres to it. Um, <clears throat> and and he just didn't believe he could do it. Uh, and so basically just being there and obviously knowing the track and knowing the trail and, and having confidence in him and, and presenting that across, he he was able to achieve it. And he just, it was something that he never thought he would be able to get to do. Um, and he wanted to do it before, you know, he got older and older and he, he was never able to achieve it physically. So, you know, it brought out a lot in him in, in that one instance. Uh, and then we had a multi-day hike where uh, I had this guy and he, again, he's a little bit older, sort of was really quite comfortable, successful business, really hadn't needed to lift himself, uh, I guess, mentally or physically for quite a while. Um, and he wanted to throw himself in front of another challenge. And, and so he did that. And, uh, and again, really not thinking about it uh, and not knowing, you know, what the outcome would be. He, he was, they're just alive at the end of it, you, you know, like they, they've succeeded. And, and that's the biggest thing is that confidence that comes out of it is like I've nailed it. Like I had no, almost no confidence in myself leading into this because they just don't know. It's not something they've done before. Um, so they've thrown themselves in the mix and, uh, and yeah, it's just at the end, they're, they're alive and full of confidence and they're just like, when's my next one? Like, I can't wait to do another one. Like, my day hikes um, are going to be huge now. You're painting this picture of like a really empowered person coming out the other end of it, which, which I think is what you're saying because, you know, the version of them that turns up to it has a lot of limiting beliefs and, all, and you know, these would all be revealed to you as, a, as an observer. You'd, you'd hear all the limiting, oh, I can't do it, I'm not sure, I'm the, you know, the lack of confidence, or the, the uncertainty, the insecurity in a person. And when they push through and push through and push through and, and with a bit of guidance and assistance from you, then they come out the other side and all of a sudden their, their chest is sort of up, and their shoulders are back and they're four inches taller than Toy. they were when they started. And they're like, oh, oh, that was awesome. Look what I did. And, and, and it's such a, you know, that I, I remember I did, um, I, I was, I may surprise you to hear this, but I was a bit of a unit as a child, just a bit of a lost cause, a bit of all over the place. And um, my grandparents sent me to Outward Bound up in uh to do an outbound trip up in canberra and it was 22 days in the brindabella ranges and we we're doing bushwalking hiking canoeing caving abseiling all that sort of stuff and you know th those those moments in your life where you could have gone one way or the other i i could have yeah easily gone down a, a terrible path but because of you know, my grandparents' awareness and love for me, they sort of pushed, they stuck me on this bus and they keep talking about it. I was this terrified face sort of on the bus going, oh, where am I going? And I, and they said, I came back a different person. A, 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 you know, I was, I was standing in creeks with a backpack on helping people across. I was up at six. I wasn't smoking. It was just, it was, it was character building, but it was, mm. it was character revealing firstly and then character defining i suppose but you've got to you've, you've got to understand that you get to define your character in those moments as well so true yeah. you know nick, yeah. nick and i speak a lot on this podcast about comfort zones it comes up quite a lot <clears throat> and a lot of people we all have a comfort zone it just varies and so a lot of people have this zone where they feel comfortable in and over time, as we go through life, if we don't challenge that comfort zone, it just keeps getting smaller. Um, that's how it works. And so a lot of people think with these hikes, this is kind of what I'm getting, it's like they're looking at something outside of their comfort zone. And when we look at something outside of our comfort zone, we either say, I can't do that, or I don't think I can do that. And so these two examples that you described on the hike, it's like you go into something that you're not sure that you can do or don't think you can do, and then you do it. So you've kind of penetrated and broken through that comfort zone which is a great feeling in of itself. But I think that really empowered feeling comes from if I can do this, what else can I do? And that just, it's yeah. an, it's an opening because what happens, the comfort zone yeah. closes down our life. That's so opening to go, what else can I do? When's the next hike? You know, I'm going to go and, you know, take up this new activity that I've thought about for years. And it just, it creates such more um, novelty in life again, which is what we all need. Yeah, nice momentum in, in, in using that as well. So, you know, and then you've got all, every other benefit that, that, that comes along with being in nature itself, you know, uh, getting away from the, the rat race, the, the busyness, the phone that goes down, you know, the, 
the weight of the phone turns into the weight of the pack, but it's positive. It's not negative. It's not drawing from you. It's actually adding to you, even though it's sometimes it, you, know, you may not want it on. Uh, it's building you. And, you know, the, the other thing I see too is on like day three, on a three-day hike, you know, the body's warmed up. It's sort of starting to adapt. It's used to it now. And so the, the extra amount of presence and awareness because it's sort of come off their pain and out of their body uh, and, and the pack's not as heavy as what it was on day one. Um, and so then they're just enjoying the whole entire landscape and, and every step because, one, they are a bit more comfortable in it, but they're immersed as well. So you're seeing that sort of gradual growth from day to day and then the final outcome is yeah just the, it's a magic part yeah just to what, see what, those grins and smiles what, what and, an amazing you said there you spoke about the the weight of the phone and it's like we think about the physical weight of that of our phone oh it's x amount of grams but the actual mental and emotional weight of that device is so vast it is so heavy on people and they don't start to realize how heavy it's been until they don't have it and, you know, I know Correct. when I do, you know, detoxes from my phone and that's what's happening on these hikes, yeah, by day two or three, you're like, oh, my God, I don't have all of this mental and emotional space taken up that was in that little device that's, you know, this big. It's, um, it's amazing. We spoke last um, podcast about the power of the mind, and I think it's a, this episode's a nice roll-on from that because it, it is all about, uh, you know, so much of this is physical. You know, obviously, you got the, you need the physical ability to, to get from point A to point B, um, but the mental component of this is, is so important. Would, would you say it's probably equally as important because you're going to decide whether you can or you can't. The, the mind, you know, in the military, it was so evident that the people's minds would give up before their bodies or their their mind would be the reason why the body shut down. Um, so if you can get that mind really strong, really healthy, really in shape, really, you know, I was a comfort slob, a card-carrying member of the comfort slob club, and, um, and that's what got me into my, my really unhealthy, very dangerous space, you know, the, the, the suicidal thoughts, the agoraphobia, all that sort of stuff, the... Um, because I, I kept retreating further and further and further. And what we actually need to do is the opposite. We need to keep going out further and further and further and expanding and growing. And um, it's just, yeah, I, I'm excited to, to do one of these hikes. Has we should, we should go and do one together. I would love that. I would love that. Be awesome. do it. Shannon, what's, and, what's your – sorry, Nick, do you have something else? I was going to say, and any any work bloke listeners that we may or may not have met, let's let's put it out there to do a, a work bloke's hike. I would I would absolutely love that, Shannon. What's yeah. what, what's one of one or two, just whatever comes to mind, of your favourite hikes of all time? Uh, Wilson's Prom is is my favourite favourite place. So uh, of all, and then second to that would probably be the Alpine Ranges. So, but yeah, Wilson's Prom all the, uh, every day of the week. Uh, it's just Why? such a primal location. Uh, you get in there, the change of scenery, beach to beach to inland, um, the wildlife, you know, the water, the swims, the sand. Uh, it's It's got absolutely everything in a bit. Um, yeah, Wilson's Proms is, is where it's at. I want to do that one in then, our, Nick. Well, can we get to Wilson's in Prom? Our own, in our own backyard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A couple of hours away. So, so. for those for oh, those listeners for those hot, listeners hot. overseas, uh, Iceland, especially you, just to shout let you out. know, shout out to Iceland. Um, Wilson's prom, we're in uh, Victoria of Australia, so the, the southeast corner. So right down the bottom there is Wilson's prom where large area, big nature park and, and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's where we're talking about geographically. House, why don't you come on the uh, Mindful Men's Retreat? Uh, we might have one spot left, I think, Shan, perhaps. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, start of, start of December. Great, great. I'll be a shirt off, shirt off by then. Oh, I'll have the backpack and everything, won't I? How long is it? Is that like a, a day a day one or multi-day? <laughs> yeah, so they're shorter, sort of shorter day trips that wrap up at uh, accommodation and then Nick's going to do his, his magical work Uh that he does. So we sort of have a base camp that we work off and then we head out from there uh, and go and check out some of the uh, northern sections uh, of the prom, which aren't normally as popular as, uh, I guess, the, the Total River base camp section that's there where the main campground is. Um, and then the, the southern part of the prom is where all the best hiking is. You can't 
get in there unless you hike. So you can't take a car, you can't cheat. You can take a boat around to some of the, the coves, um, but it's one of those ones. And, and generally my favourite ones is that uh, if you want to go and see, you can't cheat. You can't drive your car, you can't ride your motorbike. You've got to do the work. Uh, and those ones are my favourite hikes, uh, the ones you've got to do the work because not everyone's going to get to see it. Do the work. That's our favourite catch cry, isn't it? it has to do, do the work. We can get you like Simpsons donkey or a Sherpa or something to carry your pack so you can be shirt off, sun's out, guns out. I just want, yeah, yeah, oil down. Troy. Is there any pregnant cows? Is there any? Is there any dancing dancing cows? Pregnant cows? Dancing. No cows on this one. Uh, no, no cows. Plenty of rabbits. Uh, if you like. I've got a break break dance fight. Some pregnant cows. Um, it's a it's a they're battling break dance battles in the paddock in the back paddock. Oh, see you down the back. Move. See you in the back paddock later on, fool. <laughs> oh god, this is bad. Um, <laughs> Hey, I, um, I, I'm curious. Hang on, Hash. Shut up. I um, what was it? Was it always an interest to you to do hiking? Like you're in construction at the moment. Your your sort of main gig is, is construction. That's right. Um, and, and then you and Amanda obviously met and thought maybe we could start a business and all that. Did you have a a background in hiking or just being active or was this something yeah. that came later in life or? Yeah, it was something I think came later in life with just, uh, was more with me and Amanda and it was just a way to get out together, really uh, a holistic way to just enjoy each other's time in, in, in easy spaces, you know, um, Financially, it's, it's there's no there's no real cost just to go out and go for a walk during the day or walk along the beach, and it's very simple and um, people love it and they know that they do, but they just don't always go and do it. So you know, as far as the half day hikes and the small trips, and then obviously the more challenging stuff where we go to multi night, uh, that's that's where we supply all the gear because not everyone has it. But uh, I guess my first challenge where when I started to uh, shift into this challenge mindset was was when I first signed up and walked in the door, like anyone would sign up for a, a large hike. I signed up for a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class and, and that was something martial arts I'd, I'd always wanted to lean into towards, but I just never had the confidence to go and walk into a door, to a gym, to to anywhere to, to you know, say, yeah, I'm here, give us, you know, let me have a crack. Um, but something I'd always been very interested in in one way or another. So that was my first first challenge, I guess. Uh, and then Amanda and myself throwing that as a, as a team and a partnership, the, the, the overnight hikes was there. So, no, hiking uh, for me wasn't always in, in my life. Uh, I was very physical being a carpenter and framer, so nice and fit. But my first challenges was, yeah, walking in that door of that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu club uh, and taking that on. And then, uh, and then that sort of gave that momentum of that acceptance of the challenge like you spoke about before. Ryan, uh, in just in doing that, and and ever since then, that that day has changed. Probably that's a that's a fork in the road for me. Is that that one day walking into that gym, and that's kind of guided uh, a lot of the decision and the challenges that I've put upon myself and Amanda and as a team uh, into holistic hikes and into where we are today. But you had to do that. You had to make that decision. You had to go. I am working through that door. It wasn't just wishing, wanting, hoping, waiting for it to happen, or you know, expecting yourself to be happy or anything like that. It was you actually had to instigate this from within and go out and do it. And while you were talking about that, it, it, we're very fortunate. We we live sort of backing onto Arthur's seat here, and M and I have been. Um, because we're in lockdown, you know, we can only go within a 5k radius. And so we're, we've been doing all these exploring Arthur's seat and all these trails out the back. And all of a sudden we start having conversations about life. We're actually spending quality time together, not just in front of a screen, but we're actually engaged and connecting and communicating and listening and learning. And we come back and we're just like, Oh, what are we going to do? And we smash it. And all of a sudden it has this massive positive ripple effect that, that just you know the we just feel closer we we feel happier there's more intimacy you know and that doesn't mean just you know physical intimacy but but that emotional intimacy is there um so the benefits of simply going for a walk even for an hour together is is amazing speaking yeah, imagine, of, what, speaking a, of imagine gear, what we could do a week i know the connections i don't want to speak about that but, but first 
Don't speak um, about gear. Don't ask him about the gear, man. You've, you've passed that moment in your life, Hass. Right? You, you don't need to get on the gear. Yeah, if someone asked me what kind of gear do you need for a hike, it wouldn't be survival <laughs> <Yeah>. gear. <laughs> you might be seeing those rap, uh, breakdancing cows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, Shannon, look, let's say, let's say just an over, we're doing an overnight hike. What's some of the essential gear you would take? Because I'll be fully honest, I've got no idea. I actually, I, I, that's why I'm open to it because I actually don't even like camping. Um, I'm a bit of a glamper, if I'm being honest. So that's why I, I would actually love to come on a, on a hike where we call that a knife. Um, so Shannon, well, what's, what's some of the essential gear that one would take on an overnight trip? Right, so you start off with your pack. You've got to have a, a reasonably comfortable pack, especially when you're not used to it. So we use Osprey packs. Um, they're really well padded for around the hips and the shoulders. Um, you know, it's one of those things. If your body's not used to carrying it, it's going to hurt. So you don't want anything too rigid. So we start with a, with a good quality pack um, that's really adjustable, adjusted in height for your the length of your spine and, your, and the, the height of the person. So they're all fully adjustable. It's the first thing that we sort of uh, approach when we get on the hike is, is fit that to the person's body. So it's not uncomfortable when you're saying you struggle hike. with that with Ryan because he doesn't have a spine. So that was, that was low. Is that... I know, man. I know that was really I felt that. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I did too. Bloody hell. <laughs> and the door was there. I had to take it. Okay. okay we'll I'm skip gonna, that. I'm going to, I'm going to mute, mute you. Yeah. There's, no a, there's an edit no section. Regrets. Oh, okay. No regrets. So we start with the pack. We start with the pack. Uh, and then we've got our tents. So obviously, yeah, having some protection and cover at the end of the day, you want to be able to have a sleep, even if it's not a clamping tent, you want to have something. Um, so again, we choose our tents quite wisely, uh, purely for lightweight. Um, you know, the lighter your gear, the more happy you're going to be on the challenge and the less stressful it's going to be, you know, and, and it caters for more fitness levels. Um, you know, one person may not care at all and the weight's no problem. Another, uh, it may be a bit more you know, detrimental to the overall experience as well. So we try and minimise the, the tent weights. Uh, so we've carefully, carefully selected and bought really high quality tents to, to make them as light as possible um, and efficient and easy to set up. So that's the next thing. Uh, the next main component, obviously, you always need water. Um, so that's a given. Uh, and then we have our cooking equipment. So we use, uh, there's, there's quite a lot of different cooking equipment out there. Um, you've got your old school aluminium uh, fuel burn, burning systems, which, you know, they're somewhat faultless, but they're big and they're bulky and they take up a lot of space. We like to use jet boil systems. Uh, everything packs into, I don't know, I've got one sitting around here, but I do in a box somewhere behind me. But they're, they're pretty small. So, you know, they're the size of a Nalgene bottle, uh, about, you know, probably a nice big litre, 1,200 mil, and everything packs inside of it. So, again, lightweight, small, efficient, um, and, and really easy to use. So uh, not complicated for anyone else. So if you're wanting to use any of this gear, this is what we talk about also on the trails, you know, some stuff that you can go for, cheaper options, you know, money and weight are a big factor in buying gear when it comes to hiking. Um how about shoes, mate? What sort of shoes do you run with? So hiking shoes, I've gone through a couple of pairs. I'm running some Merrells at the moment, which uh, are okay. Um, before that, I had some Tevas, uh, which really lasted a very long time. Um, so, yeah, I'm not set in stone. It's it's more about your foot. So uh, it really depends. It's not something that there's a one-size-fits-all, uh, given that it's your shoe, and that sounds cliche but uh, it's true so you know they have boots for people with wider feet they have wide fits longer fits um depending on what sort of hiking you're going to do uh if it's going to be deep bush then you probably want something with a lot more ankle support um and, and a lot more height terrain so so you've got that ankle support otherwise you can go to a normal i guess what you might see as a solomon style uh, adventure runner uh, and they and they work great as well. So for for general day hikes, but don't don't just buy a pair and chuck them on the day you're going to go hiking. You're going to break them in, obviously, and uh, otherwise blisters are going to become a very real factor. Correct, yeah, blisters. So and that's a big thing we we check with people uh, on the day because they can pop up. You know, you can you can you could have done a thousand hikes and wore the same boots over and over again, and and just miraculously. Uh, you'll end up with a big blister. It's not an experienced thing. Sometimes it can just be a little stone that you don't realise that slips inside your boot. 
um, and then all of a sudden you've got a really big hot spot and there's your blister. So uh, we're, we're really big on when we have stops and breaks, we get people to take off their shoes, even if they are worn in, um, empty them out, you know, take your socks off, check your feet, chuck them back on again because there's nothing worse than two days later and this blister gets ahead of you um, and then it can really take away from the enjoyment. Of the hike, so you know we're big on making sure people just keep checking, checking, checking. Uh, preventions is uh, the best key when it comes to your feet. Mm. What are your thoughts on um, you know the really structured, rigid shoe versus you know more sort of like your limbs um, shoe, where they're more flexible and actually want your feet and muscles to be working? Have you sort of a proponent for one or the <laughs> other, or neither here? Nor I've, I've uh, been in in construction and always having big boots on um i'm used to a big boot so i don't necessarily need or like anything that's too flimsy um but i do like something with a a little bit of flex and bend because you know scampering rocks and in different locations gives you a little bit more traction uh to have that little bit of flex and sort of be able to use your i guess your toes and and flex through your calves and have that little bit of control so I prefer something that's basically in the middle, um, nothing too rigid. Uh, it becomes a little bit uh, hard on the on the calves, I think, when you've got something really rigid. As far as going into the the barefoot sort of component and the Vibram uh, arena, it's not something that I've I've gone into. I prefer that little bit of extra protection. Um, and again, I wouldn't advise anyone. Not that it's my uh, profession, but I wouldn't advise anyone obviously going straight out from not hiking uh, and or doing walks to thinking that they can throw on some vibrant barefoots and walking for two days with the backpack on, they'll just end up with a broken foot uh, and and they'll just break all their metatarsals and, and, and just ruin themselves. Uh, it, it's fairly common. So it's cool. It's great, but it's something you've got to train yourself up to. Your feet have got to get stronger. So a lot of barefoot walking, a lot of foot training uh, before you get into that space where you could probably utilise those Vibram uh, hiking but shoes. You're going to be using muscles, whether what's depend, uh, regardless of what shoes you wear, you're going to be using muscles that you don't usually wear. Like most people are nine to five sitting down at their desks all the time, whatever. So, you know, if they go out on a weekend hike or take a week off and do a full week hike or whatever, they're going to be using a, a variety of muscles that probably haven't been accessed for a while or conditioned at least. To, so I haven't asked this, but I'm, I'm hoping that you offer a massage service as well. Um, the, throughout Big the, thumb the, massage, they call it. Big thumb massage house. There you go. So when you when we get down there, it's uh, just a bit on the bit on the ankles and the calves. Thanks, buddy. Some deep tissue, no problem. Me to do it or receive it? No, no, no. Receive it. Receive okay, it. great. I'm just trying to make it more attractive. You said you don't like camping earlier. So I'm, I don't really. Like, I hate to... foot massages as well, so I'm in trouble. Oh Jesus! Oh God! <laughs> right, well, there'll be don't touch me. at the end of it, Has. There'll be beer at the end of it. Now we found something that I'm into. <laughs> Beer after a couple of days never tasted so good. So I can uh, imagine. It's, it's, it's amazing. We're at the end of this Great Ocean Road hike. We stashed, uh, going back a little bit, we stashed some oranges and some M&Ms in the car. That orange, I've never eaten an orange <laughs> like it today. It was one of the greatest things ever eaten on this planet. So after the, after that amount what of time, so if you want to enjoy enjoy something so simple, yeah, go throw yourself out into the wilderness for a couple of days and make yourself hurt and suffer and uh, eat less, and then uh, come back and enjoy one of those things. That's amazing. Yeah, what is it? Oranges? You on your Vipassana retreat, Shannon on his yeah, life? I, I, had an, I had an orange um, on the Vipassana ten day meditation retreat. And you know it was on about the fourth or fifth day, so you, you you you're pretty in it and sort of hyper present. Um, and you know it took me twenty minutes to eat this orange because I was experiencing the orange. It was like pulling it apart and experiencing the juice in the tube, and then and then that's very sweet and the rind was very sour, but collectively they were amazing. This is perfect match, and my mind was blowing, and I'm like. Oh, this is an orange. Why isn't every orange like this? And yeah, it's oranges, man. They're good. <laughs> I think there's going to be quite a you know demand for what you're doing. Obviously, when lockdown and everything ends, Shannon. Because when I think about this whole, you know, what you're doing, you're really meeting some core human needs that a lot of us are disconnected from. Even before 
um, COVID and the lockdowns and everything. I think being connected to nature, which is kind of, you know, it's like it's being connected and having a respect for the planet that we inhabit. Yeah, it's having yep. a deep respect for the environment. So many people are disconnected because oh, we're in offices and homes and air conditioning and all these comforts. So we have got disconnected from that. And there's obviously such a disconnection from other people as well because, yes, we can connect online and that kind of stuff, but it's just not the same. And I think you're really meeting these two core human needs of connecting to our environment, connecting to other people on that journey. And like, like Nick, you said with your walks with M, like that connection that you guys have on that walk is just, you know, so much deeper than, like you said, at home, both on your phone and that kind of thing. So I'm excited for when we get out of lockdown, Shannon. I think there's going to be a lot of people who want to come on a hike. I'm, um, Shannon, are you, Ryan and I talk sometimes about rites of passage, you know, for, for young men where we don't have that anymore, which they did in ancient civilizations and whatnot. Have you, have you ever done a specific, you know, just for mid-teenage boys, 15, 16-year-old boys, have you ever done just a, a hike just for them, designed purely to get them out of their comfort zone, spend a night by yourself in the bush, you know, have you have you have you tried that before? No, it's not something that we've uh, we've entertained just as yet. Uh, and it was the, the right to passage. I was thinking of that exactly when you were saying that you were hanging under the window, being sent yeah. away for yeah, <laughs> twenty one days. And it's it is you're one hundred percent right. It's something that's not really initiated anymore. You know, the guy, you know, guys, young guys are at school, year eleven, year twelve. They go straight into a job. Um, you know, some people create their own rites of passage by traveling and having their own experiences to some extent. Um, you know, we can push ourselves into our own rites of passage by basically, you know, putting ourselves in the way of discomfort, even though they're incremental rites of passage. Uh, we can build ourselves continuously, you know, I guess, into a mature masculine male. Uh, from that point, but no, the answer, short answer is no, we haven't. Uh, and I definitely think it's something that we could uh, entertain once we uh, get out of these current situations and, and continue to build uh, what we've what, what, what we've got and uh, and what we're doing. I, I want to put, I want massive, put my boy through one in about twelve years, so just get it all up and running by then, Shannon. All right, that that could be done. I reckon it'd be huge. I reckon, you know, running sort of four of them a year or whatever, just with, with 10 sort of 15, 16-year-old boys, that's so important. There's nothing out there for them to do that, you know, and, and yeah, their we, dads haven't done it. I wouldn't say there's nothing. You know, they've got the scouts and the camps and um, me and Amanda yeah. did uh, the Grampians for our 40th not, not so long ago and uh, coming through the trails, there was all these you know, young boys in high school uh, hitting the trails with their teachers doing one of the overnights. Grampians is a really good one because it's quite – uh, unlike Wilson's Prom, it's quite accessible on checkpoints and to the road, so it's fairly safe for that uh, for that concept uh, for any sort of emergency evacuation sort of needs. Uh, not that that ever happens, but um, yeah, we saw a lot of groups walking through on the Grampians, so that was really really good to see. Uh, and they had uh, some really minimal gear as well, so they were definitely doing it, you know, on a very thin foam mat. With a, I'm not so, so sure how good the tents were and how, how light they were and what their setups were run, um, but they definitely would have had their experience at the same time. And, and when we were doing it, it was absolutely pissing down as well. So uh, they would have got all the challenges. Love it. Well, yeah, I, I don't reckon the scouts have made themselves very attractive over the years. Um, uh, I don't think they've helped themselves, you know, uh, to attract a certain market. When um when when I did the twenty two day in, in Canberra, uh, all we had was a hoochie, basically just a tarp that we had to sleep under every night, and um, so the the first couple of days we spent spent at base camp to sort of working up to it, and then off off we went, and we had to carry our own food every day. I remember I, I was like young and just just. Um, my metabolism must have been through the roof and I was just punishing food left, right and centre and got to sort of last day and I had no food left except for a two kilo fruit cake and two kilos of peanut butter and that's all I ate and it was not a good day after. after, <laughs> after that <laughs> but, um, but at the end of it, they got us to um, spend two nights on our own I think on, on this hill we all sort of had to pick a spot and we all had to set up our own hoochie and and just really 
yeah, sit there with yourself for two days, basically. And and I vividly remember that experience. You know, your you, you, your mind starts playing games, and you oh, what's this and what's that? And you've got to you've got to really work through a lot of stuff. So I think adding that sort of element to it. You know, they were monitoring, so sort of sneaking around and just checking in on on people. But um, by and large, you're by yourself. So I think adding that sort of element might might really give people a chance to see you know what comes up when they're when they're by themselves. It creates that self sufficiency, you know. Yeah, and there's a confidence in that as well. You know, having that minimalness and and knowing, yeah, you, know, you can have all the things and and have some toys, but knowing that you don't need them. Uh, and, yeah. and they're, they're just, they're extras. Uh, and if they weren't there, it's not a problem. So, you know, that being able to be that minimal person with that backpack on, knowing that you can survive quite easily, uh, given that you've, you know, got that water source, you've got that filtration, you've, you know, the couple of tick boxes that you've got to focus on, uh, no matter what the scenario is, is that's about all you need. So it, uh, it can bring you back to a, a more of a stoic approach, I think, to, to things yeah less is more and, and we can do it i'm just it's the the memory of it's coming up in my mind quite vividly now of, of the you know, i had an orange hoochie and it was this massive log and i sort of hung it off this log so so this, that was creating a wall and then um you know i had it sort of like a uh i had a pitch sort of Hutchie going on, and I remember crawling in there and decked it all out and making a little, trying to get my little fire going and making a cup of tea. And you know, it was, it was so raw, it was so basic, it was so caveman sort of style. And 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 it was, it was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole thing just because it was, yeah, I don't know, just the basics of it, I suppose. Yeah, and look, we're, we're genetically and evolutionally you know, attracted to those landscapes and those, those, that outdoor environment and the natural elements like that, that is, that's part of us. It's just that we, we move further away from it. So I think it's, you know, and it's our current time. It's our, you know, we're allowed to do this zoom and this is great. These things are all great. The, the way we connect, but making sure we go back the opposite way at the same time, whilst we move forward, creates that balance uh, of, of, of circulating things. I think that balance it's... is a great word because we're all. Uh, uh, we, let's look at it all as a spectrum, and then there, there's there's you know living with nothing in the bush, and then there's there's all the modern creature comforts up this end of the spectrum. And I think you know if you don't experience both ends of it, or or you know to some degree, you're not going to appreciate what you actually have. So you can have yeah. the nice car and the nicest and the nice nice house and that comfort zone, but if you don't experience all this, that's not going to hold as much value or you may even go i don't need that i'm i'm working my ass off working three jobs to to pay for this massive house and all these cars and all this stuff where i went and did a week you know in the prom or somewhere and and i actually experienced i i i feel better with less Mm. well it creates less attachment doesn't it yeah. It's like, you know, because it's like, I can have all this stuff over here and maybe I want it or I don't, but if I don't have it, I know that I'm okay. Whereas most of us have all this stuff and there's really, whether we're conscious of it or not, there's this deep fear. Like if that all goes away, then I'm, I'm fucked. And you know, use the word there, respect. It's really respect for our journey because we, we can sit here in the comfort of our home and, you know, because we can speak to someone on the other side of the planet through these cables and shit that's going on. But that's only possible because our ancestors they had to work the shit out, how to start a fire and boil the water and that kind of thing. Otherwise, none of this stuff would exist. So it's a deep respect of the people who came before us, I believe. And I think it puts us back, you know, in my opinion, we talk about the law of nature, that everything's impermanent. And, and I think you know, David Attenborough said that mankind or humanity is broken free. We're not, we're not in balance with our ecosystem and, and with everything. We see ourselves outside of nature and, oh, look, there's a tree, there's an animal. There's, look at that nature over there where we forget that we aren't that far removed from the animal kingdom, you know, a couple of chromosomes and, and we're, we're back climbing trees. We, we are animals. It's funny now because we totally. like to make names for everything. It's like all these Silicon Valley people. There's a thing called like nature or forest bathing now. Yeah, like it's a whole yeah, thing, yeah. like go and bathe in the forest. Like it's some foreign thing that we're going to enter. It's eco-psychology and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And it's just, it's just <laughs> you know, when when we can actually strip ourselves back and, and 
go there. It's it's just uh, we understand that we are part of this nature. We are no difference really to the tree or to the fish or to the koala. We are we are part and parcel when we can A put ourselves part. back in that. Yeah, yeah very. but when we can, <laughs> well, we're, we're having too big a footprint. I think we are for we're we're not have, leaving a, a positive ripple effect behind. But when we can put ourselves back in and live within the law of nature, it, it, once again, even if it's only a couple of days a month or something, it still helps keep things in perspective, and we can start respecting what's around us and start appreciating and, and when you start valuing it again. And they're very important words that people sort of are missing out on, I think. Love yeah, it. correct. And it builds on that social connection. Just being in that nature brings us back to our roots and our primal being and <clears throat> the way that we uh, treat each other and help each other and the assistance of carrying someone's pack for them if they're having a tough five minutes or the hill's a bit steep. But uh, it, it brings everyone back into that small community sort of mindset of, of a common goal, which is, you know, either to enjoy the whole entire trip and get to point B and then celebrate that together as well. So, you know, that nature element really builds a social inter interaction uh, and strengthens it in a positive way outside of social medias and, and, oh, and everything else. So you know, and it's great conversations, just like we're having right now. You know, people become a little bit more vulnerable and talk about their past and unpack a few things. And it's in the midst of, you know, like I said earlier, we, I, I didn't create it. We didn't do anything. I'm just using it uh, as a, mm. as a tool. You know, I can't improve it uh, unless it's, you know, there's not enough trees there and we can plant some more, but you know, the parts that we go into are, are raw, natural forest, and, and and it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's um, a trigger in a memory as well from Outward Bound as you were talking then. And I remember I was carrying my pack, but one of the women was struggling. So, you know, I just, once again, this wasn't conscious. I, I didn't think about that. I could only do this because I was in that environment and in that situation. So I just said to her, hey, I'll take your pack, and then, I was carrying her pack on my front and my pack on the back and did that for a few K and just to give her a break and that. But uh, I started learning so much about myself and, and I'd seen myself as just a, a dud, you know, just a, I wasn't uh, just a slug. I wasn't contributing to anything. I was just sleeping all day and I was just slugging around and doing nothing. And all of a sudden I'm in this element and, 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 putting myself in a position or my grandparents put me in a position where all of a sudden all this stuff coming out of me and I, I, I came back learning I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. I'm kind. I'm considerate. I'm caring. I, I, I am a value, you know, I'm carrying someone else's pack. I am a value to, to those around me, to society. And, and, you know, coming back with that was absolutely priceless. Amazing. What a, what a gift. You know, yeah. I, I have in the kind of visual we live in this world now where it's like everyone's just online behind a keyboard going, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. And the other person's doing that as well. And that's a form of social connection. But there's also a form of social connection where someone's, oh, they're struggling to get up that rock. Here, let me take your backpack and give you a hand. That's social connection as well. So different. So very yeah, different. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, an old school transition of, of gift and trade and, you know, I have the plants, I have the vegetables, you have the meat. Let's, yeah. you know, let's not, let's create an, an agreement within each other um, that, that socially benefits everyone. So, you know, it works off that, that basis of, of trade-off. So everyone, everyone wins instead of everyone trying to stand on top of everyone. Mm. It, uh, it becomes a, a mutual agreement to, to work well together and, uh, and everyone succeeds. So, which is, you know, a lot of, a lot of the times lacking because, you know, we're seeing all of this, pretend success uh, out there. So, uh, and everyone's trying to jump on top of everyone to get to that top of that molehill, which essentially doesn't exist. There's no, no. there's no top. No, we're all in this together. Come on, people. All right, I've got to run. Shannon, where can people get in touch with Holistic Hikes? Where's the best so place to reach out? Uh, Holistic Hikes on Instagram, um, holistichikes.com, uh, Amanda at Holistic Hikes dot com uh for the email um on all social medias jump on the blogs uh, amanda does amazing writing on the blogs that's not my uh forte but amazing information that comes out from that uh really often and uh yeah get in get in touch connect and we can go from there with your personal hikes if there's anything uh individual groups you want to arrange something that's uh yeah purely for you and just your group then we we do that as well so 
Love it. And Love we'll, it. I can't we'll, wait. We'll, we'll book you in for the last spot on the mindful men's book retreat. Book me in. I'm going to get. I'm going to get the rig, you know, in order. And um, come December, I'll get some new hiking boots, some new ones. Like I've got some already. I'll get yeah. some hiking boots. <laughs> Second pair. I'll rock up with Vibrams and no shirt, and you're like, "Fucking hell, Ryan! For God's sake, <laughs> <laughs> did you not listen to the podcast that you hosted? Did you not even listen, mate? You'd be like, "Where's my Sherpa? Where's my donkey, man? Yeah, yeah no, no Sherpa, no donkeys. Bad worst case, that's me. So, oh, no, nah, I'm looking forward to it, Shannon. It's been great connecting and chatting with you, and um, I think it's wonderful what you're doing much needed in our society today and um yeah i'm looking forward to coming along to, to one in december awesome guys thanks for having me on really appreciate it Ryan, nick thanks shane awesome work, great day. thank you everyone for tuning in we'll see you all next week yes nico yeah i was just gonna say you did okay too <laughs> God, you've been scathing on me today you're sitting Good there calling me, sp- calling me spineless flicking a knife <laughs> <laughs> who are you today it's his jocko link Oh no, this is buddy McRae Jocko down there. Yeah. <laughs> Burpee's on the beach with his knife in his mouth. Oh, Burpee's on his bed today. Yeah. I love you and, and, and your spine is strong and the fluid oh. within it is golden. Oh, wow. All right. Have okay. a nice day, guys. See you guys. See you All later. Right. Peace out. Bye. for tuning into the woke blokes podcast please don't forget to subscribe to the show also leave us a five-star rating we thank you so much and we'll see you all next time